This is the Reading Instruction Show. As always, I am your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is tips for developing students' ability to use conventional grammar and two strategies. This is the second in a series of three podcasts looking at how to help students develop their ability to use conventional grammar. First, a review. There are three common approaches taken to uh, teaching grammar. The first is a standalone approach or an isolated approach. Here, grammar instruction is done as a separate class apart from any real writing. Worksheets are used and artificial activities and assignments are created. Now, in the 70s, we did a lot of sentence diagramming. While there's a place for an occasional diagramming sentence activity or an occasional worksheet, this is not very effective in actually helping students develop their ability to use grammar, meaning there's very little transfer of what they learn on these isolated little skills and worksheets to real-life writing situations. The second approach is the immersion approach. Here, students are simply immersed in real-life writing and without any formal instruction. Now, immersion is an important part of helping students write, but without any specific instruction, again, there is very little grammar that is learned. So the third approach is the most effective. It is the embedded approach. Here, the teacher looks at students' papers to see what types of errors they're making. Based on these observations, skills are selected for short mini lessons or coaching sessions. Now this is very direct, a very direct approach to grammar instruction because students are given explicit and direct instruction on those aspects that they are using in their authentic writing. So the mini lessons come directly from students' actual writing. That is direct instruction. Now this is the type of mini lessons that are used in a writing workshop approach. So a couple of tips, seven tips, for developing students' grammar awareness in both their speaking and their writing. Tip number one, use lots of real writing, authentic writing where students express their ideas, authentic writing with feedback and responses from classmates and teachers is most effective in developing grammar awareness, but then the feedback, instead of just correcting mistakes, makes the writing come alive. So it gives it a certain energy. Tip number two, use worksheets judiciously. Now, there's nothing wrong with a worksheet. They're tools. However, like any tool, their effectiveness is determined by how they're used. So whenever possible, have students work in pairs if you're going to use worksheets. That way they hear the thought process of others. Now, remember, the goal is learning and learning to become better writers. The goal is not to complete a worksheet or not to get a score to record. So use worksheets judiciously. (laughs) Tip number three, 
Keep skills instruction brief and quickly paced. All students need some explicit instruction related to grammar. That is, they need to be told exactly what a noun is or an incomplete sentence is. But more of something doesn't mean more learning. Grammar learning is most effective. Grammar instruction is most effective. And learning occurs best when instruction is brief and it's in the context of students' real writing. Tip number four, use posters and bulletin boards as reminders of grammar uh, mistakes or errors. Number five, find ways to get students talking about their writing. And we'll be talking about peer editing and group editing in the next podcast. Number six, promote voluntary reading. Wide reading, of course, is a cure for almost everything literacy, but they get a sense of the sentence structure for varying what sounds right the more they read. I used to teach uh, writing at the University of Minnesota, and I would teach freshmen, first-year students, and I could always tell those students who had not read a lot in high school and in the early grades because their writing sounded like high school kids talking. Those students who had done a lot of reading, they had a better sense of the formal structure of the language. So, voluntary reading. And tip number seven, become aware of your own grammar as you are speaking. Make sure you use correct grammar. Now, you can correct children's grammatical mistakes, but don't call a lot of attention to it. For example, Mr. J, I seen three deer last night. Oh, you saw three deer. How exciting that must have been. Tell me about it. In this way, you're still honoring the idea while making a, a, a quick correction. All right. Two simple strategies for developing grammar skills. You may have heard of this first one, daily oral language. This is quick. It's effective. And you can teach and reinforce grammar skills and punctuation and other forms of writing mechanics. Simply write one or two sentences on the board or on a screen of some sort, two or three, you decide how many, in which there are grammar or punctuation errors. Then ask volunteers to come up and correct an error, one error at a time. Students should correct just the one error and then explain why they made the correction. This allows others to hear their thinking and enables you to correct, to conduct quick micro-mini grammar and punctuation lessons. Daily oral language should be kept fairly short and fast-paced, and eventually you may want to include a short paragraph instead of sentences. I would say 10 to no more than 15 minutes. Oh, 5 to 15, you decide. Now, you can find daily oral language sentences on the internet, you could also buy books with lots of daily oral sentences in them. However, I found that it is always more effective to create your own sentences based on the types of errors that you're seeing in students writing and hearing in their speaking. Also, create sentences and paragraphs that are about your students about their lives and experiences, or about the books, subjects, and themes that you may be encountering or studying in your classroom. And the second idea, 
sentence elaboration. Here, students are given a sentence with directions to make it better or more interesting. Now, this allows students to see the basic structure of a sentence while using propositions and adjectives and verbs and other types of words and sentence parts to make it more interesting. Now, creativity in humor, as long as it's appropriate, should be encouraging. You could also ask students to make a sentence that's more mysterious or more funny or efficient or fancy or exciting or boring or loud or bizarre or pig-like or include a happy or... You get the idea. And again, this is more effective if the original sentence has some connection to what students are reading or studying or it's, it's connected to their lives in some way. Okay. This has been the second in my three-part series on developing students' grammar. In the third one, we'll look at editing, self-editing, and peer editing.